Hello and welcome to Cine Drunk, the podcast where we're drunk on cinema and alcohol. Brought to you by Cinemunch.com. I'm Matt, joined by Nathan. Hi. And Elizabeth. Hello. Yep. So today we are doing sort of the fall movies that we've seen so far, but all of them have been sort of in the Oscar conversation. Some will remain so, some will not at all. Hope not. Some will in some technical categories. So we're just going to kind of chat about them, our feelings about them, and Oscar potential. Yeah. And what are we drinking? Yeah, well, today we went all out and created our own drink. Mixologist. Um, yeah, I know. I'm vying for best uh, bartender <laughs> in the world. <laughs> um, so this will be probably my submission. Um, <laughs> it's called... To uh, who? <laughs> To the bartender... Council. <laughs> um, uh, so we took our favorite standby uh, drink, gin and tonic, of course. Mm-hmm. Not so exciting on its own, but, but you know, it, it's reliable. Gets we the like job it. done. So we did, we did that, and we added some juice from some poached pears that a dear friend brought over. Um... You know, some friends bring cups of sugar, some bring poached pears. Uh, and, and to be specific, D-E-A-R, not a... <laughs> I do have some woodland creature friends <laughs> right, That's well, why I wanted to be specific. But they don't, yeah, they They're don't come out good much about bringing in the stuff. city. Yeah. Um, so they don't have the patience We added a splash of, po- of pear po- poached pears. <laughs> And um, my secret ingredient, a little sprinkle dinkle of cayenne (laughs) pepper, Um, just to warm things up, because come on, it's fall. No, it's like 70 degrees. degrees. (laughs) (laughs) um, I've called this drink a few different things. I'm still kind of settling on the name. It's either going to be like, it's either going to be flouncy, flirty, fall. Philander, <laughs> or um, as Matt suggested, Claire Dufall. <laughs> That's my current favorite. It probably should be that. Um, but suggestions are welcome. So, you know, write them in the comments. There you go. I'll give you credit when I accept my sash for best bartender in the world. In the world. I think that is what it is, though. Oh, the reward for it is a sash. It better be. A beautiful satin <laughs> I'll sash. I'll make you a sash. A satin sash for the clay to fall. Oh, my. Anyhow, so we are into, well into, fall movie season. Yeah. And Time I was thinking that maybe... Movies for adults. Oh, I love movies for adults. Except for when they suck, which some of these do. But They sure do. Um, maybe we should start with right now... Of the ones we've seen, since we have not yet seen Spotlight, maybe we should start with The Martian, which seems to be sort of mm. an Oscar frontrunner currently. Certainly for nominations, yeah. That's what I... Big success. Right. As it should be. Yeah. It's delightful. Yeah. So entertaining. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, some tepid response from our bartender. Well, I think I, I hold sci-fi films to a higher standard because I want them I want each to be a classic 
in its own right. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, no pressure at all. Um, I think it was a really good movie. I think everyone should see it. It's entertaining. Mm-hmm. I think it didn't quite know what direction it wanted to go in. It was kind of stuck between this kind of almost comic, light-hearted buddy adventure on the on the planet Mars, even though there <laughs> the weren't buddy any, was his potatoes. If there weren't any buddies, yeah, there weren't <laughs> buddies, but um, and like this more. Uh, science heavy really grounded story about you know how this would actually take place and what the science behind it is and and maybe a a more dramatic sort of tone I don't know it just for some reason it felt like maybe it was trying to strike a balance but instead of striking a balance it just felt like it it didn't commit to anything. So I didn't know what movie I was watching from scene to scene because it seemed to change. I see that critique. I do have a few issues with it and some of them stem from what you're talking about, but both of us have read the the novel it's based on. I think the novel has the same type of issues. Well, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a beach read. Let's be honest. I think it's a great screenplay. It's a really faithful adaptation that's still, it, you know, it's, it's really funny. I mean, the, it's not wrong. I wouldn't submit it as comedy at the Golden Globes, which it is, but I don't think it's wrong that it's being submitted in the musical or comedy category there because it is really funny. And kind and, of musical. There's a lot of disco. There sure is. Toe tapping along. Um, and yeah, it, it makes it feel lighthearted. For something that's clearly the stakes are really high, it feels very light. Um, and that, and like that it's a big budget Hollywood for the masses. And I mean, and we were just talking about this. We probably haven't posted it yet at this point, but in our 15 year, 2000 retrospective top tens, we were talking about how they don't really make those like mid budget for adults, like pleasing movies. And this totally is. And it feels like something that doesn't get made anymore. So it feels kind of like a throwback, but also the humor is really modern. It's a great lead character. I think Matt Damon's great. Yeah. His charisma really sells it. You believe him. My One of my issues with it, and I think you get this a little bit in the book too, is that, and you have to condense when you're making a movie, obviously, but right. he's there for months and months and months on end, and you don't really get right. the... Sometimes you get the despair in that, yeah, this is a really shitty situation, and right. like life or death at any moment, and he's alone, but I don't get the solitude as much. Right. Especially well, time and things like that are like are always really hard to convey in film right, right, when right. something takes place over a long period of time. But I don't mind that as much what you're saying. You didn't like about it in terms of the tone and striking that balance. I really like the other half of it too, which I think is poorly written in the book, but much better on screen is the stuff with NASA and like the media relations about what would the world be doing with this situation yeah. and how NASA would react, how the media public relations team would react, how the world would react. Yeah, And that was great to sort of ground the whole thing in really a sense of actual science and reality, which the, the book does too. Right. I don't know. I, th- I thought in the NASA... While still making it a glossy Hollywood 
Yeah, I thought some Picture. some of those characters were really cartoonish. I mean, a little bit. You have your naysayer and your, you know. You kind of need those roles in movies like this, where you can't focus. It's not a gritty character study. You can't focus on all of those. It's... I'm all for having strong characters with strong points of view, but there's a difference between that and just one note. All right. That's why I feel like it feels like a throwback a little bit too. Let's enjoy, to well, an era when movies weren't as good. Maybe, yeah. I mean, audiences weren't not necessarily as discerning. Right. Well, from someone's point of view who did not see, did not see, did not read the book, um, I, I mean, especially now having seen other stuff, it just makes this rise sort of higher in my estimation because I really enjoyed it. And I actually, I mean, it's always my complaint though, right? And this was my big problem with Interstellar last year was it was just so up its own ass. <laughs> and so, like, you know, you talked about even, like, in situations of danger, like, if this happened and this guy was stranded, like, he probably would be listening to disco and making jokes to himself in the thing because you can't, like, live in a depressive state. He wouldn't have survived. He would have yeah. died in a few days. Like, you know. So I, and I just enjoyed, I mean, first off, I enjoyed that it was a true, it had like a really strong lead starring performance, but it also had a really expansive supporting cast mm -hmm. and it had four women and two of them in both situations, both in space and on the ground speak to each other. Mm -hmm. There's no love story with Matt Damon, even though Jessica Chastain is like clearly passionate about getting him back and feels guilt and all this stuff and needs to be the one to rescue him at the end. Spoiler alert. Whatever, go see it. It's made like a bajillion dollars. You should have seen it. <laughs> and, but it's never because it's like, I love you. Me too. Yeah. And they even make that. that super clear by just in a montage showing her like talking to a husband at home. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just love that it was like about like teamwork and cooperation and science and how knowledge is a powerful and important thing. Mm -hmm. totally. Like it just was so positive. And I think it's rare, especially at this time of the year to see a movie that is big and, and is meant to be not like fast, like furious seven, like popcorn entertainment. It's meant to be like a real film mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with real craftsmanship, but it's like nice. <laughs> And everyone is nice. And even, I didn't even really see the, the, I mean, they weren't like in-depth characters, but I didn't see that any of the characters as cartoony. And even the naysayers, I thought the film did a good job of balancing out. They weren't just naysayers so the film could have a naysayer. It was, well, looking at it from my point of view of this job, this is a liability. And you're like, oh, I see your point. And then yeah. you're like, oh, but I see your point too. And I see how you guys have to work together to figure out a way to both do what you're perspective jobs are in this universe you know yeah. not to mention the fact that the film is like nicely diverse there's a hispanic mm -hmm. character there's an asian character there's a black character <laughs> like mm -hmm. there are multiple women and i mean i do know i've heard from the book that the um chuatel edgy four character is written as an indian man yeah um mm -hmm. and they recast it and which okay fine but coming off of x god exodus gods and kings of last yeah. year like ridley scott <laughs> Yeah, big improvement yeah. big improvement uh i yeah i just really enjoyed it and it did remind me of like this is a movie that i would rewatch if it was on like tbs or tnt for sure yeah, yeah. like this to me feels like i mean well i hate this movie so it's not a great example but in a way it feels like titanic something that's like populous mm -hmm. 
and something that, and I, I think that there's a place for that in film, and I think there's a place for that in Oscar movies, too. I agree. To nominate films that people see. And it's genre-ish, right. so. I think the only character I thought was came off a little cartoony was um, Donald Glover's character. Yeah, that one was a little bizarre. That like, was... it was playing it for laughs, and yeah. he was fumbling around, and kind of, yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, no. Super entertaining. I think it's in for picture. I think Ridley Scott has a good... Shot for director Matt Damon, I think, is certainly in the mix for actor. I would put As him he in should right be. Now. It's yeah. it's hard, especially since like knowing the actual you know because backstory and narrative always is important when it comes to Oscar season. And Campaigns, the fact that yeah. he shot all of his stuff for five consecutive weeks completely on one set with just the crew, like with no other actors, no other. Mm-hmm. So he really did that performance in isolation. And, and he's great. And he's great. And there's nothing to be said again for like movie stars yeah. doing a movie star's job. I always stick up for them. Yep. And certainly technical categories. But well, yeah. Of course. I think it's a thumbs up from all of us. Yeah. With a tentative. A tentative. Right. Something that would not be, let's do a not thumbs up. Great. Very much that actually made me furious. Uh-huh. Like in a way that I have not been mad in a really long time. This is on the opposite scale of a big Hollywood film. It is a the foreign film nomination, potential nomination. Submission. Submission, yeah, thank Oscar. you. For Oscar from Austria. A film called Goodnight Mommy. Yeah, and this one, I think it made my most anticipated. Oh, yeah. It was um, because I am a sucker for good trailers. Mm-hmm. And it had a good one. And it had a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out the movie is a pile of steaming shit. <laughs> um, I don't even know if it's steaming. It's like once was steaming and is now just, now it's just rancid. Old, yeah. I would say, you know, speaking of movies that are up their own ass, yeah. like, oh. I rest my case. <laughs> I think it's like the worst example or the... Or, or an example of um, filmmaking gone awry when someone thinks, yeah, they're being they, profound. They're being profound, like, <laughs> kind of like student work, cocky student work, mm-hmm. Mas- kind of an masturbatory. Idea. Yeah, excrement. It's not poorly made, but it's just no. It's yeah. I mean, it's not a horrible movie. It's no, just no, no. It, it's not a good movie. Well, technically, it's not horrible. I think I think story wise, I think it's horrible. I think it's offensive. It's kind of deplorable. I think yeah. it's yeah. risible. I think it's excrement. And it's not like to the extent that that's like the point of the movie. It's just oh no, kind of like reveling in that gratuitous. Yeah. No, I think it like, thinks it's being really clever. Yeah, and it's sort of hanging on like a twist, which isn't a twist. No. But it is almost like M Night Shyamalan, like acting like it should be a twist but it's obvious right. from the beginning from the very right. get-go which is fine you know i i don't mind if you can figure it out or whatever and then, right then it just sort of deepens the experience because you can pick up on all the other things right going forward but it's just uh, that just made it kind of tedious it and was for something that has like, so much style or is trying to have so much style it's not yeah it's not working it doesn't work it also feels sort angry. of like they saw the Babadook, and they were like, yeah, I like that idea, only what if I just hated women? 
<laughs> and don't care about mothers. I'm, I'm sure gonna they've make made this, this movie. before or I know, but I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah. I was livid, especially because I was really looking forward to it because it had a great trailer. I like weird horror movies. Yeah, that was the, the trailer made it seem like this kind of psychological, stylish, nope. moody, horror, almost silent nope. movie, but it, it's not that. I mean, kudos to the marketing team. They got us there and probably several other people, but I, also, I would not recommend this and I would avoid it. I mean, I guess I would say kudos in that I've never, I don't think in recent memory I've experienced a film where I was so bored, I was literally almost falling asleep for the first two thirds of the movie and then was... Just angry. Furious <laughs> and angry and horrified for the last third. So I guess that's an achievement. <laughs> good on you, mommy. Good on you. Good night, mommy. Good night and so goodbye. So needless to say, we hope that doesn't make the shortlist for foreign film. I don't think it will. Forever. And if it does, it's probably one of the committee's picks, but I, I don't see it being nominated. Again, it just it irritates me that it had so many, like, good reviews. I can see some credit. Like, I can see what people might admire in it, but because I think they hate women? Wrong. The only thing I could <laughs> think is that there was some historical backdrop. Right, that, that we was were the other missing yeah, yeah, yeah. historical context. Um, um, like whether political or social yeah, commentary. Yeah, in Austria or wherever that it was that made it kind of fit somewhere as a Piece. In which case, I shouldn't have <laughs> to go in but, with that knowledge. Outside. No. Like, I mean, also, it, it can help. Yeah, I mean, as Americans, we shouldn't be... Not because we're Americans, but just in general, a movie should hold its own. And if you have... You shouldn't have to know anything about the rest of the world. Not necessarily. No. It can... Not, sometimes, sure. Right. No, I know. Not for a movie like this. Also, can we just stop, like brutalizing women's bodies for entertainment. Can we just stop? For no greater purpose. When it has no commentary on it. We are empresses. Collective empress. I just... It's the industry. No, thank you. Well, let's move on from that direct. Well, let's switch from a really horrible movie about a mother-son relationship to a really good movie about a mother-son relationship. Um, And talk about Room. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I really liked it. It's interesting because there's a lot of talk about it being like now potentially an Oscar, like big player. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that the, I mean, I think the film is really successful at what it wants to do. I think it's really the standout for its screenplay and its performances. Mm -hmm. Um, but I thought it was really great. I thought it was deeply moving. Totally. I'm confused and surprised and delighted by the performance they got out of that boy, Jacob Trump. I mean, he's amazing. He's really incredible. <clears throat> I also, by extension, Brie Larson. Is, well, I mean, yes. She's amazing on her own, but together they're Yes, she's fantastic. really terrific. Joan Allen, who... My girl. Nathan and I have previously trashed on a podcast. Yeah, she's fantastic. Really fantastic. As she always is. The random actor I didn't know that they cast as the, like, Sort of step-dad. stepfather-in-law, mm-hmm. stepfather-in-law. Yeah, the sort of <laughs> stepdad. He was terrific. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I read. I was reading another review, and they were saying they liked the fact that they cast not a like known actor. I mean, I've seen him in other things like bit parts and TV shows and stuff, but they didn't cast like a famous person as Old Nick, mm. which I think is 
really important too. I think yep. it was good that he was this sort of unknown entity as an audience. Ugh. Yeah, Shuddered. in the right way. I, and I guess on this one, opposite of The Martian, I'm the only one who's Red Room. Is that correct? Yep, yep. And I found Room really intriguing in the in the novel form, but I had a lot of difficulty with it because it's told from the perspective of the boy, mm -hmm. uh, from Jack. And so everything is written in the prose and language of a five-year-old, which I found really tedious to read. And so I actually think in this case, the visual translation of that was more effective because the, and the film totally did. Everything is really from his perspective, including mm -hmm. like camera work and, you know, even Brie Larson, we only understand what Ma is going through, through the context of what we're able to observe through his eyes. Yeah. And of course, we, us being adults, we understand more than his character is understanding, but we like don't get more information. Right. Um, and I think that it was actually one of the cases where, like, a visual translation of that idea is more effective than I the written word. It. Yeah, yeah. Which is rare when it comes to, like, novel-to-screen adaptations, that mm -hmm. I think this was actually a better fit for the material. Yeah, and, like, tone is great. Like, just yeah. that, like, sense of childlike wonder is still sort of always there, especially in the, while you're in the room, you get why he's... I mean, that's all he's known. But, yeah. Like, just everything is an experience and new and seeing it from his eyes. Right. And sort of how he sees the world and everything. And that sort of adds to sort of the this undercurrent of, like, positivity that as a child would have. And, yes. And that adds to the film. And obviously it's this harrowing, horrible situation. Right. And really <laughs> deep, but still has that. It's still kind of a, in the end, an uplifting Type of film. Oh, totally. Very, very, very moving. I yeah. cried my eyes out. Oh, me too. Throughout the whole damn thing. Whole thing. I also appreciated the filmmaking, um, and this isn't a spoiler, it happens like a third of the way into the book and you see it in the trailer and it happens about a third of the way into the film, that they do make it, I won't say how, but they do make it out of the room that they're being held hostage. Um, but then when we see the room later, it's so interesting how it actually did feel more spacious I mean it still seems small but it felt bigger when we were seeing it when they were in versus when they come back and see it and not claustrophobic not claustrophobic yeah. and then when they come back you're like oh it's a tiny shed and he see and it's because he's seen it that way for the first time because yeah. when it's the only thing he knows yeah. it's like this it's his whole world so of course it's more expansive and yeah. And it was, like, really subtly done. I didn't feel like it was, like, a Bridge of Spies ending type thing where they were bashing you over the head with. I just thought it was a really, really well-made film. And Very. Terrific cast. Mm -hmm. Brie Larson, I think, is a lock to get in, to be nominated. Better be, yeah. Um, she's fabulous. I think at the end of the season, as other things will drop out, I mean, this movie is going to stick with people and yeah. really be many people's favorites not everyone's it's not necessarily a consensus choice i don't know if it could win but i think it will be a best picture nominee well you know according to i forget who it was some jackass critic <laughs> who talked about that the only people who liked it would be women critics and feminized male critics <laughs> well we're proving them right yep because it's about women and motherhood well, so i also liked it oh yeah Okay. I thought it was my best, my best, my best <laughs> your work. Your best work as a bartender. <laughs> um, With your no, sash. I think it absolutely is one of the best movies I've seen so far this mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. um, 
because of that, I enjoyed picking it apart because, it, you know, no movie's perfect. And totally. So I tried to figure out what could be even better or, mm-hmm. you know, there was something. When that, they remake it in there, five years. Yeah. <laughs> they reboot it. Yeah. There was something that like Chloe threw Grace me more. off the, the record track. That's how they did it. Yeah. <laughs> Those are good record scratch. Um, <laughs> and I think it was that they, that the, the, you know, either the screenplay or the direction or whatever, they were trying to make too many points in too short of a time. Yeah. Um, kind of cramming all of these observations about what it means to be human, what it means to live in isolation, what it means to be a child, what it means to be a mother bam 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 like back-to-back scenes yeah shifting from big idea to big idea and not even and and like successfully conveying right the idea but because it was so kind of jammed in there yeah it messed with the emotional arc yeah of the movie i would agree with that and so whereas like a third of the way through the movie i was crying more than I've ever cried. Um, well, it's up there. Yeah. yeah. With movies I've seen. Mm-hmm. By the end, I wasn't, I was a little more emotionally disconnected. I would I, agree with I that. Loved, I loved I the movie. And I was still yeah. into it. But it was just a little bit colder. Mm-hmm. I think there was something in the, I mean, Part I don't want to get like, I think it was intentional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't want to get like super spoily. So I'll just say spoily. Spoily. I'll just say the resolution between Brie Larson and hit and and Jack at the end did feel a little rushed to me or a little unfinished, which I guess also could have been intentional because of course like a parental, a parental, right. Have a film, and especially if it's from the kid's perspective. I mean, that's kind of how kids are too. You can be the right. tantrum. This is the worst thing ever. Right. I hate you. I hate you. Learning yeah. this and this revelation about that. Right. But yeah, I think and because the first third or whatever was so effective, and I was right there with you. I was just already on board, and right. all those other things, I was already with the movie and totally yeah. on its wavelength. Yeah. That I was fine with that, but I noticed it too. What you're saying. Yeah, and I mean, these characters have been through hell and through experience that's nothing close to normal, so I, it's not like I'm expecting everything to be tied up neatly and... Right. And it certainly is unfold too. No, it's Smoothly, not. but... Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's part of why right. the decision was made to kind of pack a lot of emotion in there. Right. I also didn't, if we're being like really particular, I didn't like the interview scene. That felt a little insincere in a way, and it seemed like something that Jack wouldn't, it felt like something that the filmmaker was inserting to give the audience resolution rather than something that Jack would see. I liked it because for me it wasn't necessarily creating resolution, but it was like those were questions that I had and that clearly would be addressed if it wasn't solely from his perspective. Right, that's what I mean. And I mean, he is sort of there. He wants to and sees part of it. But but yeah. But like, one of the things I really appreciate is that, you know, the person who has held them, and again, this really isn't a spoiler because it happens pretty early on in the film, 
the person who has held them is caught, which you sort of hear through secondhand dialogue briefly one scene, and then him, his punishment, his trial, his consequence is never addressed again because it's just something that Jack wouldn't think about at five. Yeah. And I and I actually really appreciate that because again, in a different movie, in a movie that was just the story, but that not told from its half, unique, it would be like a courtroom drama, right? Where have to put her on the stand, and that's right. The She'd have to see chart. him yeah, again, yeah. and you know, like all these things that choosing to tell the story from the perspective of the five year old just makes the story feel fresh mm-hmm. in a way that I really appreciate. So we recommend that for sure. Definitely go mm-hmm. see Room. Um, I'm hoping. Again, I think definitely Brie Larson, potentially Joan Allen. I don't know about that. I've, I've seen many people predicting her or but putting I st- her in the mix. I don't think she has enough to do or enough screen time or impact. I but think we she's said the same thing about Laura Dern last year. We did, and people love her enough that she she sure showed up. Yep. That would be great. Um, so maybe moving from that... Let's move to, well, going from a movie that is one of Nathan's favorite that we've seen this fall, why don't we go to one that was definitely not one of his favorite? Ooh. <laughs> one of the, <laughs> one of the only, maybe the, the only movie that I've ever walked out <laughs> on. I think so. Really? In theaters. Yeah. The only other movie that I've ever been close to walking out on was The Happening. Which is far worse, even. Than oh, than pretty much anything. We're talking about Black Mass <laughs> yeah. with Johnny Depp. The, like, white Unrecognizable. Gangster. As a Boston. human. Just, I was not in the mood. Thank you very much. <laughs> you weren't. You went, you and left to go get a drink. <laughs> I left and I went to a speakeasy and I had a couple drinks and it was delightful. I sat next to some middle aged women who were reconnecting over some cocktails. <laughs> In the big city. That sounds much more thrilling than Black Mass. It was great. (laughs) So that's all I'll say about Black Mass because I didn't give it a chance and I don't regret it. Black Mass was longer than a Christmas Mass in a Catholic church. I felt like I was there for seven days of my life. (laughs) And when (laughs) the way we were sitting, Matt was sitting in between Nathan and I, Nathan was on the end and... When Nathan got up and left, I asked Matt, did he just leave? Is he leaving? And when he said yes, there was a part of me that was like, you you could just go with him, Elizabeth. <laughs> you can too. You can, you, go. You, you can go too. I would never walk you out of it. That's why we stayed. I've never that. walked out of a yeah, movie. That's why so we, that's I made Nathan stay for the happening because I, I have to stay to the end. Yeah. I, I just have to. Um, so far, I guess, I haven't encountered something that I needed to yeah. run from. But yeah, I, I think the movie was fine. I don't know. But it was so yeah. ordinary. I mean, that's really my biggest problem is there's nothing outstanding or surprising or interesting about it. It's like any other mob movie I've seen. Which can be fine. And it's telling a story that I didn't know. And there are some good performances. I think it's perfectly well made. It's just, it wasn't our cup of tea. And we knew that right. going in. And right. we really just felt the need to see it for potential Oscar reasons. I don't think think Johnny Depp will make it, but I don't know. Best Actor is kind of all over the place. I hope not. I mean, here's the thing, and I I mean this quite legitimately. He might have been good. And he was. But the choice to do that prosthetic on him, I mean, this is J. Edgar levels of... (laughs) Just bad. Just horrible. I mean, he his head is domed. (laughs) 
His head is shaped like no human he has skull. A ten inch forehead is shaped. His sideburns are like inexplicably on top of his cheekbones. <laughs> like what? He's weird, like werewolf contacts. And, yes, uh... and then because Whitey Bulger had blue eyes, they decided to put ghost zombie <laughs> blue eyes. Well, he so, was filming into the woods at the same time. <laughs> it must have been. So I was just so distracted and disturbed by his makeup. It's so funny because it's probably the most human performance. Right, it's the best Johnny I've liked Depp, in Johnny quite Depp a while. has given in years, but unfortunately, he doesn't look like a human. Right, so it seems almost like he's playing another weird, eccentric Tim Burton-ish character. Yes, because he looks like but in a no human ever looked. Film. And maybe that's why some of the other performances were just dialed up a little too much. Oh yeah, poor. I, didn't I mean, like I, Joel I didn't at all, either, and I root for him. <laughs> I like him a lot in general, but he was the reason that I was like, I'm okay seeing it because he has some buzz. I mean, Peter Sarsgaard kind of comes off okay because he always seems kind of in that Unhinged. level or in that zone. Yeah, yeah, of like paranoia. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was a. That was a well suited performance. And uh, Juliet Nicholson. Love her. Yeah, I'm glad that there were. I'm glad that there were three women who existed solely to be menaced (laughs) by men. As you could have expected from a Boston gangster. Yes. Movie, unfortunately. Also, there are like several death scenes, and most of them involve people just being like shot, and a lot of times from afar. You know, where you like hear the gunshot and see the blood spatter. So of course, the most like gruesome and extended and drawn out death is Johnny Depp murdering a young girl because. Women's bodies are props to be killed. <laughs> I was really liking the musical her. musical version of Black Mass. Now, that I would see. I don't think I would. That I might walk out of. <clears throat> um, yeah, we can move on from that. I don't like. Yeah. I don't see Please. it getting in anywhere. Potentially, actor. But. Uh, um. Let's take a let's take a detour quickly. Mm-hmm. It's a very high detour. Oh. Is it up a mountain? Up a mountain. I was just Are thinking you speaking of, of Crimson Peak. No, uh, no, I was no, thinking of other Australian actors like Joel Edgerton, who seems to be in everything. Um, and this is obviously starring the brilliant cinematic presence of our time, Sam Worthington. Who? Exactly. <laughs> uh, Matt and I saw Everest. We did. That a was little fine buzzed. too. We it was yeah. We were a little. It was little, bizarre. It was a little bizarre. It was <laughs> fine, but it yeah. I have. I was so entertained by Robin Wright and her role in that movie was like, wait, what? Yeah. Especially either what she was wearing or what they put her in. As we were walking out, I was like, best supporting actress for the polo that Robin Wright is wearing in her first scene. Elizabeth just drooled. Um, I just dumped it She either has like F. For cups and like, oh yeah, they, they no, they have her fake with breasts fake on her breasts for sure. or just ill-fitting. Clo- I don't, <laughs> I don't know. But the boobs were too like she did. She's pretty flat chest. She's pretty small chested. There's no way that it was just frumpy clothes. Like they had her, but it was also really poorly done. That I wouldn't be surprised if it was literally rolled up socks just, stuck yeah. in the bra. I honestly feel like they one weekend called Robin Wright and they were like, "Hey, we decided we wanted to add this." inexplicable subplot. Are you doing anything? She was like, no. And they're like, you want to come wear a frumpy polo and a weird brown wig? I'll be Josh wig? Brolin's wife? Sure. She's it's like, only right. one scene? Sure. Oh, wait, actually, we're going to add in this scene. And I was like, wait, what? Because people just kept showing up in this movie. It's like, oh, That's they're in it? They're right. in it? They're in it? Yeah. Which is kind of the same with Black Mass. It was like, wait, everyone is in this movie. Or when we fought Stop over it. the fact that it was Elizabeth Debicki and you didn't believe me? I sure didn't. She was I did good. not recognize her. She was good as she always is. About the makeup. Um, 
but yeah, and then Robin Wright gets a few other scenes later, and it's just bizarre. It, w- it was a little bizarre. It was bizarre. And I don't think it was just the drink we had had beforehand. I don't think the so. The strong martini. I also, I think the I think it, beyond just bizarre subplots, I think the biggest flaw with the film is that, you know, we're supposed to be emotionally invested in the survival of these people, but of course all of them are, one note, like ciphers. So on that level, we're not connected to them. And as you and I discussed afterwards, if you are dumb enough to climb Mount Everest, then if you die, well, it's kind of what you get. If you're supposed to, like, to be safe, you need to leave the point, no matter how far you got at this time, and you're hours past that. No. No, I don't feel bad for you. I'm kind of invested in John Hawks getting up there as this postal man, every guy, but... No. No. You're all stupid. Hey, buddy, you didn't make it. You also, deserved you made it, it almost to the top. <laughs> like, I would still go no, I wouldn't my go that far, but it's like, like, if you're going to make yeah. a movie about it, it was just a kind of a weird story to make a movie about than yeah. what they decided to focus on. And yeah. poor Kieran Knightley, though, she had a, I liked her Kiwi accent. I did too. She had a great Kiwi accent. I liked accent. Emily Watson. Yeah. As we always should. Yeah. And then I think the best thing about it was after we got home, Elizabeth noticed that the, the Asian woman actress who yeah. climbs the mountain with them is like the only woman on their yeah, track the or Japanese, whatever. Yeah. Is the same actress that plays the best friend in Spice World. Yes. Nice. Which is incredible. Which is incredible. At a girl. And she's I wish I'd known that going in. I uh, me too. For her at every step of the way. I also would have just periodically sang Spice Girl songs, which would have been that fine with that movie the because there were weird actually. things happening all the time. <laughs> Also, Sam Worthington, with his own accent, is kind of charming and attractive. And, oh, like, he was has quite attractive presence. in this movie. Yeah. It was the most I've, like, noticed and Cake. And Did you watch Cake? Him. Have you seen that? No, I haven't no, seen okay. Cake. He's, he's decent in that. Yeah. So that's Everest. We climbed that mountain. We did. Let's get off. And survive. Go to a different peak, perhaps? Yeah. A crimson peak? Beware. Crimson peak. Oh, crimson peak. Oh, Crimson Peak. Someone else can start us off. Um, I thought... I th- Did you? I'm losing it. I thought this was tons of fun. Yes. It was... I would recommend it just because it... I mean, as long as you aren't expecting... I don't know. Well, first off, don't expect a horror film because it's well, really no. not. Don't it's really expect gothic, anything. It's just a kind gothic, of like, like romance. It's really just mostly. a gothic. It's, it's really just, just a gothic period movie. It was. It was nothing like what I expected. But I think if you submit yourself to what it is, you'll have just enter a good world time. And let it take you wherever. It, yeah, because yeah, it 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 knows what it is, mm-hmm. and that's for sure. It's consistent and kooky and um the performances are fascinating to watch fabulous (laughs) i mean there there's a lot of over-the-top acting and uh staging and yeah that's totally correct art direction and it 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 all works somehow i I mean it's not a great film but Mm. really fun so yeah, I would say it's not a great film, but it's probably my favorite film of these that we've seen. Wow. <laughs> it's definitely the one that I am most excited to rewatch. Oh. I mean, I had a fa- I mean, again, this is the like my genre, right? Like I love period films. I love gothic stuff. Like this was like 
Jane Eyre meets Rebecca meets Wuthering Heights meets, mm. you know, sure mysteries of Udolpho. Like it was all all of these things that I sort of love and read a lot of novels like this when I was younger. Um, and it was camp. I enjoy camp. It was beautiful. I want Gorgeous. everything that everybody wore in that movie. I'm frankly pissed that I'm not currently swanning about recording this podcast in one of those luxurious nighttime robes with the trains. <laughs> yeah. I want the pleated one. Yes. Or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> Fan. Yeah. You know, I said to you guys that Jessica Chastain gets my Nicole Kidman and the Paperboy Award of the Year. <laughs> Just that scene with her in the oatmeal bowl. In the kitchen, yes. When yeah, she's yeah. scraping the spoon yes. along the side. Great work. It's so tremendous. I loved it so much. I just, this movie was so much fun. So much fun. It was fun. I enjoyed luxuriating in what the film was presenting, especially visually, the production design. Yeah, I mean, it better be nominated for production design and costume. Gorgeous. And that was kind of like the, the point of it for mm-hmm. me, was like all of that. And add, to add to that, sure, a lot of aspects of the performances I really did enjoy, and they. Guillermo del Toro, I think, is a great director for the most part, and they were right in the same story, and the audience might not have been prepared for some of it. I would recommend, if this is still in theaters, see it with an audience. I liked... Because if I had seen it on my own, like the audience at several points was... Uh, as a whole, we were laughing. Oh yeah, and at, it was meant and to kind be. Of with the movie. But if you see it on be. your own, you're gonna take. I think you're gonna take it more seriously. Right. Which I feel like if you're along and then for the ride, it's just not working. Right. Something right. like that. Like right. As long we were with the audience laughing, it, it lightened it up, and it. I really enjoyed it yeah. for sure. I. It's not fantastic, but. Again, if you're, like, filtering it through a, is this Oscar-worthy, is this blah, 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 then, like, well, it is Oscar-worthy in production design and costuming, 100%. And kind of score. I loved the score. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it's not trying to be that. It's trying to be something very specific, and it achieves it beautifully. And there's a place for that. I mean, I really Mm -hmm. have just sort of, like, I mean, not on a technical level and... Mad Max is something on a different plane, but again, it's this thing where I just enjoyed myself. I had a great time, and I came out of it just happy as a clam that I had seen it because it was really fun. Clams are so but happy like, too. <laughs> they're they're angry creatures. Actually. <laughs> um, I think though, like Mad Max, this was so immersive, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what yeah. we're saying is why it was so much fun and. To me, it rem- it reminded me of some of the video games I played as a kid, mm, um, cool. especially like you know Resident Evil or Mist. like Eternal Sunshine or Eternal Sunshine, <laughs> Eternal Darkness, <laughs> the opposite. Oh, I wish it was an Eternal Sunshine <laughs> um, video game. But where you're totally in that world, and you, it it's it's also. And you know, I'm skipping ahead to maybe like a third or even a half halfway through the movie but then yeah. from that point forward they're very contained geographically yeah. and physically and so in that way it's like a, a video game too which like you get to that level it's kind of fun yeah right. mm-hmm. yeah i also think I, I talked about this with my sister a little bit after i saw it and i might have with you a little bit matt that i think you know we talk about expectations sometimes for films mm-hmm. and i think this weird thing has happened with 
del Toro in that one, he had his breakout sort of with Devil's Backbone. And then he, you know, was best friends with Inuritu and um, Quaron, and so they were like this, yeah, like triad of. But they're they're such different. All three of them, really, in yeah. the types of films and their aims, cinematically, directorially, and Guillermo del Toro. And then he had Pan's Labyrinth, which is like a more serious thing, and he was obviously in a like different place of the story he wanted to tell. But in general, he's a pop artist. Like he's not interested in making. You know, sweaty ball sack, The Revenant, <laughs> like Inuritu. He's not interested in making those type of like miserableists or like yeah, stark. Pop almost not even as like popular because they're not, he's still pretty idiosyncratic and it's not no, always going to be for the masses. Right. But yeah. Right. I've, I guess maybe instead of pop, maybe like cult. More than anything, mm -hmm. like a cult artist. He's fantastical. Yeah. Quaron mm -hmm. is like human, human and Inyaritu yeah. is like raw. Right. And Violent. Occasionally okay, <laughs> miserable. Miserable. Miserable, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think that, you know, so there's this like expectation of like, oh, it's a Del Toro movie, like it's going to be blah, blah. And it's like, no, he is, he is out to entertain, like mm -hmm. in his very specific way, not in a like Michael Bay blow <laughs> right. shit up, but... You know, he's yeah. not interested in making, like, serious Oscar movies. But I think because of Pan's Labyrinth, people still expect his stuff to be serious Oscar movies. Occasionally, yeah. And they're just not. That's not what his aim was with this. Yeah, but I think we, we recommend it. It's worth worth a watch. I heartily yeah. recommend it. It's not it. for everyone, but it's for us. Right. Twas. Let's uh, just quick bang on Elizabeth and I, and it's been a while at this point. Uh, yeah. We saw Sicario. I cannot pronounce the director's name. The the new Denny Villeneuve. 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 I've heard people pronounce it that way. Um, who directed Prisoners and Enemy? Um, this had Emily Blunt as a like FBI agent. Yeah. Like drug war, crackdown, Mexico border. Yeah. Josh Brolin's pretty great. Benicio del Toro is great. Yeah, she's um, great. Yeah, she's great. Great. She's a, I mean, she, but, you know, there's been, like, chatter about her, some Oscar buzz that's fading now, anyways. Um, but, you know, if, if the Jessica Chastain character in Zero Dark Thirty was too much of a cipher with not enough backstory for some people, like, this is even more so. Though this, that's, like, definitely the point. And I, oh, I think uh, people totally. had issues with, like, her being sidelined in kind of the second half of the story, but, but that's, it's, that's the, point. the point. Like, that she at almost no no point of the story knows what's going on. So we don't necessarily either. She's right. just thrown into this world. But later you sort of find out why, and it totally makes sense for right. the, the whole story. And it's crucial for her to be an outsider. And totally. I think actually having the character be female just adds to her outsideriness. Totally. Like, and this was one that it was originally written as a male? or Well, no, no it was written as a female, but oh, the okay. studio wanted it to be male. Oh, okay. And, well, they're and stupid. Denny Villeneuve. Sure. Sure. Old the Denny. director like really fought to say no, it should be female, and I want it to be Emily Blunt, which at the time She's just seemed great. like a supportive of Emily Blunt, which she should because she could she should play all roles because she's fabulous, including Whitey Bulger and Black Mass. <laughs> she would have looked about the same as <laughs> old Depp face, but um, I really I mean I it, it hasn't stuck with me a lot, 
but it was very visceral in the moment. Oh, it was intense. I was exhausted when that movie was over. I think it was tense the whole movie. Oh, yeah. There's just a feeling of dread and constant bodily threat that runs yeah. throughout the whole movie. That and I it's was... not really our type of movie that we would normally want to go to, but I right. really liked it. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I've liked all his movies that I've watched so far. I'm really Me excited too. to see what else. Also had a great score. It did, and I was shocked that it was the same. Johan Johansson, who did The Theory of Everything last year, which was this, like, light, ethereal, beautiful music that was, like, one of the only takeaways that I actually liked from that movie, because you know I didn't like that movie. And this was a great score, and then there's the same guy. And aggressive and intense. Yeah, super intense. That that was exciting. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, I think Del Toro has some supporting actor buzz. He could potentially ride that out. Yeah. (coughs) Excuse me. It was good. I liked the oh, guy who played Emily Blunt's partner. I don't know that actor. I don't know that Oh, I've yeah, and I liked their relationship, too. I love the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved that there was never... Again, I always like it when female characters are allowed to have, like, male confidence and companions without it being... needing to be romantic. I hear you. So... Yay for not Sicario. using women's as with props. Good for you, Sicario. Let's cross the bridge. Let's do Shall we? Into Bridge of Spies. Mm-hmm. Into the Cold War. That was about the drug war. Now we're in throwback to the, the good old Cold War. war. The yeah, weird. The Cold, Cold War. Everyone's favorite war. The Cold War. Yes. Well, color me surprised that I <laughs> I was quite taken with this movie from, from most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly the first time. Did half. we say the title? No, we said we were crossing a bridge to the Cold War. This is Bridge of Spies. This is Steven bridge of Spielberg's like <laughs> If you can't figure it out, stop listening. Get out of here. Um, <laughs> so I had, I had visions and... Sugar plums? Concerns of War Horse Part de, But, um, it turned out to be... Not bad. Uh, High praise. <laughs> quite, quite entertaining, actually. Um, the end, the the last maybe ten to fifteen minutes. Actually, back up. The last, <laughs> the last ten to fifteen minutes were atrocious. Atrocious. Um, I, I'm not even gonna. But I won't. I yeah, won't I mean, you're atrocious. It's claims. it's more just how I, it, it's kind of like like. Elizabeth alluded to earlier, beating the audience over the head with the message. It's like, we get it. Right, leaving no ambiguity. Um, But before that, it turns a little bit into Tom Hanks in a sitcom. (laughs) Like, every few minutes saying, I'm cold. (laughs) I need a coat. Mine got stolen. (laughs) Because he's like, He's like prancing oh around Russia or prancing around you know East how, Germany. You know how, what is it, Funny or Die or someone every year does like kids reenact Oscar the movies? Oscar movie. I think yeah, we need to do a Nathan reenact Oscar movies. Oh, yes. For sure. <laughs> oh. And then he's just like, I, I need, I just want to go home to bed. <laughs> it's like so funny because he's like dealing with, you know, Issues that have the that hold the fate of the world and yeah, their balance. Such weight. Yeah, and right. he just has a cold. 
good old Tom. <laughs> I forgot his name. I didn't. I didn't mind New that because I thought it was a fine, pleasant way to emphasize like how ordinary people can impact. No, them. no, <laughs> just no. No, I thought it was great. Um, no, it was it. I mean, obviously, it was intentional, and it, right. it had a, a. It's a valid point point of view and way of doing things that just to me came across as hokey. But that being said, I would recommend the movie in general. Yeah. I think it was. It's an interesting story and uh, well acted. Although I would say Tom Hanks is absolutely nothing remarkable whatsoever to me like he's Aww. he's good because he's always good but there's nothing that makes me excited at all Aww. and that's partly due to his talent i think i think part of it a little bit is that he makes it look so easy i mean it seems like an easy role and like this everyman righteous character but if you put another actor in that role the movie not necessarily falls apart but it doesn't work as well i think tom no hanks... it just becomes less tom hanksy and that's but part of the reason it works so well, at least for me, I guess it's not working too well for you, is is Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. But I think that's no part of why I think that's part of why it becomes a sitcom. Alright. I mean I, I feel like it's Hanks. kind of stylized and it's similar to Warhorse, it it feels like a throwback. And this, oh, this it is kind of what is. Spielberg is doing. It's like referencing other things and it's classic yeah. and simple and Norman Rockwell ish. Like it's I was actually, I because know. we, for a while, and then we got busy and fell off the wagon, although we're going to pick it back up, we've been trying to make our way through um, Hitchcock's mm-hmm. film canon, and and uh, there were a lot of scenes, especially like the beginning scene with the subway, which, I mean, the first 10 minutes of this 20, movie... 20 to 30. No, but especially that one. especially that opening scene is what I mean. That opening sequence with yeah. Mark Rylance mm-hmm. and the FBI tailing him, I think is like extraordinary. I think it's fabulous filmmaking and it's definitely like it reminds me of something that would be in a Hitchcock film. Mm-hmm. Or the scene with yeah. Tom Hanks in the umbrella when it's raining mm-hmm. and he thinks he's being followed. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like a scene out of a Hitchcock movie. Totally. Which I agree. You don't see films like that. And even the way it's shot, it's color palette, it's everything is so classic that I it still had a lot I of really humor. enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed the lightness because again, watching like old Hitchcock movies, a lot of his had like really Totally. A lot of humor in it, which you don't necessarily remember him for. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that at the Tom Hanks works for me, and I think part of the reason is I think a big flaw of the film is the character. Mm-hmm. Because he never at any moment has any sort of questioning. Moral. Yeah, he never waves morally or even emotionally. Even if, like, the character always is like, I know this is the right thing. But you never really see him struggle with, but if I do this, these are the ramifications. And maybe I shouldn't because it's not worth it for my family or because it's not worth it for my own personal. Like, there's never a doubt moment. Which just makes him not really a person. But Tom Hanks is such a person as a performer. Part mm-hmm. of it is just our relationship to him as Tom Hanks. But also I think he always gives you a little bit more. He's great about subtly giving you a little bit more yeah. that I was like, okay, I can still sort of believe this is a person, even though it is absolutely written not as a person. Right. And I think part of the reason that works for me is because it's not like this gritty grounded 
realism no. of a movie. It's all right. kind of at that style, which feels like throwback to older filmmaking. Right. But it's also like, these are all sets that are clearly designed and being used and right. costumes that have never, ever been worn before. Like, it, that's, right. that's what it is. It's not like right. a gritty, realistic, Cold War, this, look at this every man. And that's, that's right. not the story it's telling. So it's right. fine for, with me that he's sort of being this cipher that clearly he's rep, he's yeah, more representative than compared to like a human. Francis Capra movie. Uh, Frank Capra. Right, Frank Capra. That's what it is. Whatever. Could be Francis. Francis Ford Capra. I don't know. That was probably what <laughs> happened in my mind. I had a Nathan moment. Right. I combined some names. He got closer than I usually do. But, but that having been said, I still appreciate that for all of its like throwbackness for most of the film, it never talks down to the audience. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons I've also heard it described as a dad movie. Mm. <laughs> or my mom was like, well, it was a little boring in some parts. Which I can see because it is like it takes its time. It's slow. There are no like wham, bam action scenes. But at the same time, I never felt like the movie was talking down to me. It was making assumptions that I sort of understood the basic geopolitical situation of the Cold War. There mm -hmm. were no like... But then there were just these few scenes, like the classroom scene. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. With them saying the Pledge of Allegiance. When they like, cuts from a courtroom, please rise, and it cuts instantly to a classroom. Saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Saying the Pledge of Allegiance, rising from the Pledge of Allegiance, yeah. And then the ending, which the ending is like a children's movie, like beats you over the head. The acting is the least, like, real. I mean, not that it's ever super realistic, but it's the most, like, Oh my gosh! This is a any film subtleties from the or 40s. ambiguities there may have been in the movie, which was a good thing. It loses in that. Nope, this is the one point or the clear yeah. message we are getting across. Do you get it? Well, if you didn't get it, we're gonna do this. Oh, and then we're gonna do it again. Like it's just it's too much. And again, I, I hate to be there like were, there was too much of it, especially I when I liked the the like postscripts at the end yeah. that are telling you you know what happened to some of these people afterwards yep. and the. Yeah, yep. it's, it didn't need it. It was unnecessary, and someone needs to just scale Spielberg back sometimes. Especially because, and I hate to be like that person, but the film is, and I, I understand it's written during the 1950s and as a conflict with, like, Russian and German, so I understand that it's going to be a lot of white males. But the fact that it was almost exclusively male, except for, like, Amy Ryan mm. in a few scenes, mm. and his daughter in one scene... And then the fact that there were literally not a person of color even in the background. And, like, this is 1950s Brooklyn. There would be people on the subway stop who were not white. And then at the end, with the, it's already hitting me over the head about the, like, in America, we're free and they weren't during the Cold War. And this is what he was fighting for. And this whole, like, American exceptionalism, rah, rah, rah. And it's all white faces. Like, are you kidding me, Spielberg? Are you kidding me? Especially with what was happening in this country at that time <laughs> yeah. to people of color. I just really, like, it just really, it left a really terrible taste in my mouth, which is too bad because I was so into it when the movie started. Mm -hmm. And it would have been, like, a nice B plus, A minus, and then that ending is just, like, I mean, the ending itself is a D minus, but it brings <laughs> the average of the film down to, down, like, a C. Yeah, well, not only is it, hitting you over the head with its message, but I maintain that it's a dangerous message. I agree with that too. That, and I think you're 
you were kind of hitting on that with what you were just saying, which is that on the one hand, you know, it's kind of this idea of American exceptionalism that we really, you know, deserve to be at the top where we are. Um, And going along with that is that everything works out. Right. And, you know, as long as you put the hard work in and you do the right thing and you're a good guy. Right. Guy. Mm-hmm. specifically um <laughs> it's all it, it's so. exactly put right. a bow on it it's over we don't have to think about anything we have no more problems it also to me didn't jive with some of which what is he was... not helpful to human existence yeah not at all it also just doesn't jive to me with what he seemed to be sort of touching upon in other points of the film because there definitely seemed to be to me some critique about the u.s drone policy yeah, with the with the pilot and flying over and taking pictures and mm-hmm. that, and also the idea of like when Mike Ryland Mark Rylance, oh boy, when Mark Rylance is saying like you know, there's someone just like me on your side doing this. Mm-hmm. So it was this way of like humanizing both right. sides, and his 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 character right. definitely serves to really like humanize the other side of the conflict, but then the ending is still like, our side is the just... Like, it just didn't jive with what the rest of the film was doing, too. That I was like, so not only are you beating me over the head with this, but this wasn't even what half of your movie was about. Yeah. Spielberg. I think it's certainly in the mix for Best Picture. If it were a year of five, I'd probably not, but I feel like enough people will have it somewhere on their, their ballot... It's a good down the middle, fairly harmless. Yeah. The Academy is gonna like it, and everyone's up Spielberg's ass anyway. Right. For better or for worse. Um. I I don't think Tom Hanks will get in, but he's not out of the conversation. Right. Mark Rylance is. Rylance is probably in. I had him in my predictions before we saw it. Now that we've seen it, I, I don't know. It depends on the rest of the category. It's not really flashy. He doesn't have. It, it's very even keel, which it serves the character in the movie, but I. It's not, but I am finding, when I first saw it, I was like, but there's not much to it. And I was like, no, I don't see it. But actually now that I've like lingered with it, marinated a bit in the film, Mm -hmm. his is definitely like the most human performance. It's the most humane. It's like his is the performance that is sticking with me. So I can see that if I were an Oscar voter being like, oh, this is the performance that I remember that stands out. And he's definitely an intriguing screen presence, unlike... Yeah, and a very well-respected actor. I mean, right, that I, I can see him getting in. three-time Tony winner. Yeah. Who doesn't work in, in film much. Yeah. I just want him to win so he gives, like, reads some idiosyncratic poem <laughs> for all of his well, acceptance I don't, I don't think speeches. he'll win, but we'll, we'll see. When we get there. <laughs> um, and I think the last film that we saw in this chunk of fall films... Speaking of films fall that... Fall flirt... Clea de Fall. Clea de Fall. Clea de Fall, flirty, flouncy... Philander. Fall Philander. Fall. <laughs> Speaking of movies that don't stick the landing. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. This would be the Aaron Sorkin penned biopic directed by Danny Boyle with Michael Fassbender as the Apple guru. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... I don't have to start. You want you want to start? I feel like I started a lot. Sure. But I was going to just say that yeah. it's um, you know split into three. It's all centered around three different product launches. It's a very 
stylized script. I mean, it's very Sorkin, and it's like walk and talks, rat-a-tat, witty, banter, dialogue, yeah. which is really great and really sings for a while. I think the first of the three um, launches are is fantastic, and I was flying high. I was like, this is oh, yeah, going to be my favorite that movie first, of the year. That first third of the movie is breathtaking. And then it just... Part of that structure starts to drag in the second, and it's not able to bring it home in the third. It it doesn't work right. for me as a as a whole film. I can see it working on page potentially, but no, uh, uh-uh. didn't work for me. I was really disappointed. Yeah, in pretty much all aspects of the film. I would say this has aged well all right. in my mind. And by well, I just mean I like it more now than I did immediately after seeing it. It's not one of my favorites of the year. Um, my biggest problem with it was, again, the lack of emotional arc mm-hmm. when it very clearly wanted it was one. Try- yeah, it was wedging. It was trying so yeah. hard to have this like resolution that was nothing. So bizarre. I, I feel like I missed something, or it was like... You didn't. I mean... <laughs> Don't hold back, Maddie. Yeah, it, it, it was distressing. Because it just didn't... It didn't ring true on any level by the third act. The, you know, the, the emotional journey, at least. Right, which could be... I mean, we're coming off talking about Bridge of Spies, which is already sort of stylized. This is stylized in a in a way as well, but trying to be grittier or... And it's not it's not trying to paint Steve Jobs in a positive light in any way. Not necessarily, no. So, right. you know, maybe it was meant to not go anywhere. Right. <laughs> I just don't think that makes for a successful movie. Right. But, that being said, I enjoyed the screenplay for the most part. I love loved uh, Kate Winslet. I loved her costumes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, her indeterminate um, accent. I loved her Polish accent, accent too, that somehow gets yeah. stronger throughout the film. Yeah. I don't even care. It's going forward, yeah, I somehow it. I didn't care. Uh, no, I didn't either. I love her. I Our I silly. liked Michael Fassbender. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was entertaining. It was. It's just kind of ended up not making a very big impression. For oh, how ambitious it was, it I didn't guess. enlighten That's what me was, about Steve Jobs. What was remarkable is how unremarkable it was. Yeah. That's interesting that that's your... You know what? I actually think I... Well, I, again, not unlike The Martian, like this movie, the best of the three of us. And this movie, for me, is absolutely 100% this year's Birdman. In that, I was thrilled watching it. Um, I admire what it was trying to do but that at the end of the day when I think about it later I'm like what was it trying to say it had no idea what it was trying to say the same as Birdman but the same as Birdman empty profile it was right but like Birdman I felt like it was really propulsive I mean it felt short it flew by that's true um and it had phenomenal I mean for me you know my my like thing that you're always going to win me over with right is a great ensemble and great performances because at the end of the day you could have like boom mics in the shot but if the performance was amazing I'm gonna be more kind to it um and I think everybody in the cast with the exception of Catherine Watterson she's the Emma Stone of this film 
<laughs> Emma Stone is better than Catherine Waterston was in this, but um, <laughs> I, I think everybody else in the cast was really fabulous, and I loved the central relationship between Kate Winslet and Steve Jobs, yep. and, the, and Steve Jobs and Michael Fassbender. <laughs> yes. Like that to me, even though the actual emotional arcs that I think the movie wanted didn't work for me, their relationship and how it changed and fluctuated subtly throughout was like my emotional. And she is clearly the heart of the film. Like she's the conscience of the film. The movie she's doesn't the heart know of the that film. though. No, it doesn't, but it doesn't matter because she's so great. Mm-hmm. And she and Michael Fassbender are so great together, which is an interesting pairing. I would never be like, you know who I think will have great chemistry <laughs> in, a, in a platonic way. Yeah. Kate Winslet and Michael Fassbender. Yeah, especially in a platonic way. Cause they're both, they can, yeah. Yeah, you would think if they were going to pair them, it would be like, you know, a little children style like, yeah, yeah, on yeah. the washing machine. <laughs> Both of them totally knew, like, crazy sexy. I would love to see that next. But it's not, and I really bought their, and they're like physically, he's like, they're like very physically close to each other a lot of the times. You know, mm-hmm. he is like always in her space, and, but it never was in a way that I was like, there's any sort of sexual tension. Like, it was, it felt like such an honest and real platonic male-female relationship that mm-hmm. I really loved it. And I think it's Michael Fassbender's maybe best performance. I think he's just so magnetic in that part that it almost gets by with the fact that his character has no art. It's like only after I got out that I thought about it that it was like, oh yeah, it didn't really go anywhere. It didn't really like Which could be change. fine, but there's, I don't know. Right, but the movie wanted to say there was a change at the end. I think that's right, what that really what messed it up. Me. Yeah. Also, like, what's the point of watching a character? I mean, I'm all for breaking conventions of narrative structure, but right. if it doesn't change at all... No, right, which I totally, like again, I yeah. see that, and I totally see that, but in the moment, it didn't bother me because yeah, I was, yeah. he's just... That's fair. So magnetic, and I think he's one of those rare actors that sort of like the opposite of the Matt Damon, which is that like he doesn't ever have to like soften the edges of characters. He can play like really, in this case, just a pathological asshole, <laughs> or in Twelve Years a Slave, like an actual like psychopath mm-hmm. <laughs> monster, and he never has the like actorly thing where he somehow wants to soften it or excuse it or right is like concerned about give it a audience. reason yeah and have you know the actor's secret of like i'm a monster but here's why yeah um and i just appreciate the like lack of vanity in that yeah, so yeah. i really i mean i again i don't think it works overall as a film but i hope it gets some acting nominations at least for kate and michael fassbender yeah i think they're both in um, I really like Jeff Daniels in this. I feel like Jeff Daniels has been in every movie we've seen this fall. <laughs> or just two. Maybe it's only The Martian. I just feel like he's everywhere right now, <laughs> Jeff Daniels. I did like him. I liked this, him a lot. He was very Jeff Danielsy. Very, but it worked. He had the Jeff Daniels voice. Yeah. Times a hundred. <laughs> times a hundred. It was, it was good. I thought Seth Rogen was really great. I mean, he also, again, I think he also could have been the sort of like emotional, moral compass like that relationship could have been could have, interesting, yeah. but again, but I didn't the really film didn't about do it either. I don't know. I I like all these actors and I like what they're doing. I wish there were more moments for them to have bounced off each other because they're all just interacting with Fassbender as Steve Jobs, and if he's not really changing, they're not really. Changing. It was like comforting to keep seeing these people. Who I mean, clearly it's not realistic that at each of these launches, all of a sudden the ex-wife or supposed mother of his child is going to show up 
just minutes before he's supposed to go on stage right. and so is the ex-CEO or whatever and his right. old business part like that's just not going to happen and so it right. it it takes me out of it because it's just like it was comforting to keep seeing those and like oh what's changed now what's happened and just like to right. find out those things or to and what which is what view- kept it propulsive and like kept it going what but. if you viewed the film as him like having like psychological breaks before each product launch and those meetings were entirely <laughs> in his mind oh, I mean you could almost read it that way that is you him can't. like working through his issues. <laughs> no, you can't. That would be interesting. I, th- I, I think, know. in a way, this was like watching great winter athletes join a water polo team. <laughs> or like first day of water polo practice where they're just like splash. naturally athletic anyway. But Well, no, yeah, they're splashing water. around and looking pretty, but they're moving slowly. <laughs> they're not quite connecting. Maybe it's more like um, the Harlem Globetrotters. Like, they're doing really <laughs> cool tricks. They're, like, really, like, top-notch at what they're doing, but they're not actually playing a game, and there are no stakes to it. Yeah, yeah that's a good one, too. <laughs> I, all right, I will go along with that. Um, I think it's on the cusp for Best Picture, potentially director. I think Fassbender's in, yeah. probably, for actor, and Winslet for supporting actress, screenplay, I'm sure. Yeah, because they love... I mean, Aaron Sorkin does... Overall, the screenplay doesn't work yeah, as a whole. Yeah, I think a lot whole, of our issues are potentially with that. Scene but, to, still. but scene to scene, he... I mean, he writes fabulous dialogue. Totally. I mean, he's a... Can't disagree with that. Stone-cold, misogynist, crazy person, <laughs> but I can't help it. I love his stupid... Base. Rapport. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's uh, nine of the films we've seen fairly recently uh, to catch you up on, on fall and some, some yeah. Oscar buzz, but there's lots to see and miles to go before we see. And I, think we, and I think we would, with the exception of the piece of rotten shit, Goodnight Mommy, <laughs> and Black Mass, I think, and maybe Everest, because it's just so weird, I would recommend, like... Most all of them, yeah. I mean, this is, this is yeah. a good movie season. Yeah, I would. Rec- I think the others are worthwhile. Sure. To see. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that we'll wraps it up. We'll be back with more fall Oscar buzzy movies. I'm sure several. Several. Um, and I hope we like some of them even less than Goodnight Mommy. That would, that would be fun. I hope so too. <laughs> I don't. No, no, I <laughs> but we'll see you next time. All right. Bye bye.